What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And of course, we are always coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Jim Carrey's classic, The Truman Show. And of course, that means we're also going to dive a little bit into uh, the correlation with that in the Diesel Delusion. But before we can get there, my name is Rich and I am your host. And the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that after watching The Truman Show, literally signed up for every, and I mean every, live action reality show out there including ones that i can't believe that i can't even talk about on the show ladies and gentlemen it's ron i know i got rejected from f boy island so oh, upset man. about that i can't believe you that they would reject you from there i, don't try, I try. feel like it's a perfect fit I, I was you know what's really sad is that on the dark web you can actually pay to have a, a like it's like twenty five thousand dollars and they will even get like a c-level celebrity to film a reality show just to try to trick a girl into fucking you i, I i'm not <laughs> shitting you i've seen this on a list Diesel, you have goals now. Uh, with that being said, uh, the man to my left doesn't have doesn't need an introduction. Yeah, he has the longest introduction of all podcasting. Hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel's Dark Web Reality Series. Hashtag Diesel Maleko because he's the man of a thousand and four. Hashtags. He's the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Diesel. It's the Andrew Tate of 607 Productions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the spot is open. If you could only get, you know what? You work in a perfect spot without giving anything away. Where, where you could actually probably get some people to follow your, uh, your ways. Yeah. Like, just oversell it. And, you know, charge them some money. They have money because they spend it on all sorts of nerdy stuff. Yep. I think I think you might be onto something, Diesel. You could be the 607's Andrew Tate. Just oh. don't get arrested. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? <laughs> no, and you never know. Sometimes you just got to go to jail, right? Mm-hmm. Good fellas. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. So with that, Ron, how has been the week? Uh, week's been, you know, there. It's been interesting for the most part. Uh just a lot of just personal stuff going on on both sides of the family, but that's besides the point. Our Wednesday group did meet uh, this week, and pretty much are just slowly moving through the campaign. It was, you know, I can't roll for shit, so yeah. my paladin's just fucking doing nothing. I'm just like, all right, does this it? Does, does it 14 it? No, okay, yeah, man, that's all I can do. <laughs> so the, you know, it's it's moving slowly. We're you know, Dragonlance, and it's fun for for the most part, but. I can't do shit in this campaign. <laughs> so, it is what it is. Right on. Diesel, how's been the week? Uh, been a busy week. Uh, just been working uh, both jobs. We had a lot of people here for the uh, Pioneer RCQ, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, but it's been relatively mellow and hopefully keeping it that way right now. Uh, here, yeah. Of course, uh, this past weekend, uh, Sunday, just to be specific, my uh, stepson graduated from high school. So, congratulations to Aiden on graduating. Uh, we got one more uh, graduation milestone, and that's the graduation party uh, this upcoming weekend. And outside of that, I am finally done with having a high school student. Uh, he's going to move on to college, so that's a whole other ball game. And I also told him, like, yeah, this is where it's kind of on you, man. <laughs> like, uh, in high school, 
It, you're not paying to be there. In college, you are, and they don't give a fuck if you fail because they get their money either way. Yeah. So hopefully that sinks in, and uh, I know he's going to uh, do good things. So congratulations to him, and it was really nice. We had a good uh, good time. And uh, other than that, that's been eating up my time. And, of course, this whole week is going to be eaten up. I'm saying words that don't exist. Uh, so because we have to get ready for that party. Uh, I know the uh, Fridays, Thursday and Friday is going to be a lot of cooking and putting stuff together. I know that there's going to be a lot of purchasing stuff before then. And uh, we've already started, obviously, but woof, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, it'll be fun, though. We're going to have a lot of a, a good time. Hopefully everybody listening has had a good week and they have a good week upcoming. But... Before we can dive into the show and uh, give you all the fun that you want, we have to take care of a little bit of business. Of course, if you would like to contact us or get any information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com and there you will find all things 3FN Podcast. There's links to the show. There's links to 607TWS, the wrestling show that I do with Ken M from the ODPH Podcast each and every week. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you should be checking that out anywhere you get podcasts, but you can check it out on the website. Also, there's a link to Friends of the Show, which is the ODPH Podcast in their website. You can stream the ODPH right from 3FNPodcast.com as well. While you're there, check out the social media links, the T Public link, and the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a of extra bonus content and you help support everything we do here also while there check out the musical directory that features the bands that allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded dmcas speaking of which huge shout out to shout at the robots whose song fail better is the theme song to the 3fn podcast you hear at the beginning of the show each and every week check them out and all the other great bands and make sure you check them out on spotify youtube music and Bandcamp. links are all there and last but not least there's a section for sponsors of the show and uh, if you would like to be a sponsor hit us up on that contact info and you can be a sponsor of the show but big shout outs real quick to our local sponsor rex to rods auto detailing when you're ready to put the pride back in your ride diesel what number do you call you call 607-644-3389 of course, our energy sponsor, Dubby Energy. Go to dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y.gg. And then uh, at checkout, put in the promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number 3FNPOD for 10% off at each and every order at dubby.com. Uh, Check them out. Also, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Check out all the celebrity guest vendors and everybody else is going to be there. And for ticket information, SciFiHorrorFest.com. And of course, our main sponsor of everything we do, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web. DragonMasterGames.com. That's right, baby. I was trying to do a little more announcing this time. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I rush through that. But if you didn't catch something, 3FNPodcast.com. Shameless plug there. You know, I, like I said, I, I you know, for as long as I've been doing this, I feel like sometimes you get to the parts that you, you know, I'm not saying that the plugs aren't important because you guys have to know how to get a hold of us and follow us and all that stuff. But you get to the parts where you're like, this is not the fun part. Because even for you guys at home, I understand us listing off sponsors and all that's not the fun part of the show. The fun part is us doing, you know, Diesel's Movie Triple stuff. And of course, the 3FN Movie Club Review. That is the fun part. And for us, that's also the fun part, believe it or not. So <laughs> it sucks to get through some of those parts. But you got to take care of business. got to take care of that business. Speaking of which, the business is all now taken care of, Diesel. So you know what that means. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff, and an exciting week of mediocrity in the box office. <laughs> we have some interesting um, debuts and plummets and rises in here, but coming in at number five for its third week on the list, Transformers Rise of the Beast with $11.6 million. Limping in, but still over $10 million. Coming in, debuting at number four with $15.1 million, No Hard Feelings. Well, obviously that uh, challenge to get that over for the Flash didn't work. Yeah, but it uh, made more money than I expected. So. Oh, it did. I know. I, once again, it's a rom-com, yeah. so they're cheap it, and uh, easy to make, so they're probably happy to put that. Full frontal. No, Jennifer Lawrence. Hey, listen, we've seen that because the fappening happened. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Well, it may have failed, but it came close. Because The Flash comes in at number three with $15.3 million in a huge drop-off. Yes. 70%, if uh, I yes. remember correctly. And on top of that, uh, listen, they were giving out buy one, get one free tickets on Fandango. I have never seen that for a movie before. Correct? Somebody out there, if you, I'm wrong, check it out. But I have never yeah, seen somebody I, offer buy one, get one tickets for a specific movie. No. I've seen like buy one, get one tickets for like promotion yeah. for a yeah. theater or Fandango has done it before, but it was a, on Fandango for that movie only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's, and, it's not good. By the way, shameless, shameless plug here. If you would like to hear our thoughts on The Flash, myself and Diesel gave our review of The Flash over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get that and a ton of extra bonus content and even more to come in the near future. And you support the show. I Shameless like, plug. I like that movie so much. I went and got chicken wings instead of reviewing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that should tell you. That should tell you. But by the way, what was your official score for that movie? We'll give that out here. One. Yeah. So you joined the club. <laughs> yeah, so that was I, 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 I was trying to get it. Nerd get it scale to a, score of one. <laughs> I tried to get it to a two, but I couldn't. So there you go. If you want to find out more than that, go ahead and check it out. If you love that movie, maybe you don't want to check it out. <laughs> well, coming in at number two this week. Uh, it was considered a flop, but I think it's going to start slowly, slowly making its money. Elemental with $18.5 million. I don't think it matters at the end of the day. It's a Disney Pixar yeah. film. Even if it doesn't make a shit ton of money in the box office, it's going to be in the box office for probably over a month. And then it'll so be watched yeah. fucking yeah. nonstop on Disney+. Plus. And reclaiming the number one spot. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse pulling in another $19.3 million. Everybody said, fuck going to see The Flash. Let's just go see Spider-Verse again. <laughs> And if you listen to our review, uh, there's a parallel there. So I guess that's a good reason. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the movie we were all talking about going and seeing, uh, what is it, Asteroid City, did not. Yeah, it did not crack the top five. But I don't think it was a wide open. I was surprised we got it yeah. here, yeah. of all places. Uh, Still want to see it. I've heard that it's one of his best movies ever. Hmm. Like, that's coming from some, like, pretty heavy hitters. Although, hmm. then again, Stephen King did say that he loved The Flash. This. <laughs> got paid. All right, coming out this week. Special shout-out for a special release on June 27th, The Room Celebration. That's for you, Ken M. <laughs> but the big hitters this week, on June 30th, we have Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. You know what looks cute? I'm expecting it to do good with families, and uh, of course, they had the best campaign ever. They put that fucking trailer right in front of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I may or may not have to see that movie. Hey, listen, if you're taking the Goddaughters, good on you. I think they'll enjoy it. I'm being serious. If I had a little kid, I'd take him to see the movie. Another big hitter this week, 
Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ooh, that's, uh, of course, that's going to be next week's 3FN Movie Club review. And uh, from what I looked at at the theater, because I had to get mine and Diesel's tickets, because uh, Ron sent me the numbers, and then I had to get it. There's uh, actually quite a few people yeah, in that theater, yeah. so it's looking it's looking like this movie might move some uh, tickets. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, we're a small market, but right. usually you don't have problems getting tickets. No, row, row H was already filled for us. I was like, fuck. That's, yeah, why, so, that's why I jumped on it. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy that, like, I didn't think... Because yeah. here, like, you can get a ticket to a Marvel movie day of. Yeah. yeah. Like, it'll be a packed theater, but you can still get a ticket day of. Like, it's not like other places. The fact that early on, Dial yeah. of Destiny's doing numbers is fucking crazy in our market. Yeah. All right. Coming out on July 7th. Or, where we go? Whew. Whoa, Ooh. whoa, whoa. Well, we're skipping yeah. something. Yeah. Whoa. We skipped a full week. All right. On July 4th, not a huge opening. Nothing really huge coming out. We have... So the Sound of Freedom and The Perfect Destiny. Yes. So two smaller movies. And you know what? July 4th is a weird one. Either the huge blockbuster comes out or not. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, that bird is going to bring us to the top three, Diesel. All right. This is the top three. What were your interests back in your senior year of high school? Top three interests in your senior year of high school. Wow, this is a loaded question. Uh, you know, I did a lot of different things in high school, so this is definitely a tough one. I know it's from the graduation thing, so let me go. Uh, so my number three, my number three top interest uh, was actually, I'm going to say movies. I've always been a cinephile. Even when I was uh, quote-unquote jock in high school, I, w- I was a big cinephile. So movies were always my number three. Uh, number two, and it's no surprise to anybody who knows me, of course, 607 TWS, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. By the way, uh, it was the only my high school generation was the only generation where it was acceptable to watch wrestling only because the NWO and DX was a thing. Yeah. Yes. So just throwing that one out there. And uh, But I'm a big nerd for it and still watch it. And uh, my number one was sports. Uh, I played sports. I, I played uh, football, basketball. Ball and, and, and baseball, and then I played outside of school lacrosse. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed sports quite a bit, and I spent a lot of time practicing and playing. So, I would say that was my biggest interest in high school in my senior year. Uh, Ron? So, number three was just making it through my first two periods because <laughs> period one was fun, fun with food. So, whatever I made in first period, I got to eat in second period. Nice. Because so, my second period was a independent study for printing and computer graphics, and our teacher had another class so he just handed us the work and said get it done so we just all split the work and put everybody's names on it no child all, left behind you know, that's we, smart we, right we, we, moved th- we moved things a little bit just a little off just yeah. the, and uh but then i was we just basically whatever i made in the fun for food class got to eat <laughs> so they were like what are we eating today i'm like here we go um number two it's just the cliche, just hanging out, just hanging out, running, bike riding everywhere, you know, like, hey, let's go do this, let's go do that, back when, you know, you, you left the house and didn't come back. Uh, number one, it's, I'm just going to say, because I was working pretty much full time, it was just to get, have money, it was always good to have money in my pocket, so. There you go, Diesel, your top three. I was a little douchebag who had no identity, but... And number three, I like burning CDs. Remember when burning CDs was a thing? Did you steal those CDs? Was was it Napster or Kazaa? Oh, it was 100% Napster and Kazaa and LimeWire and well, all Yes, that. later on. They, we, we had to keep changing them as oh, they yeah. got busted. Yes, I oh. remember that. And also your computer would get a virus all the time because, yeah, mm-hmm. not the most trusted things. But, yes, continue. But, yeah, so trying to get craft the perfect road trip music because you know, we were just all starting to learn how to drive and all that jazz. Yeah. and You know, I had own. so many different burned discs. Oh, I don't yeah. think I've ever gotten perfected it. <laughs> I, I had some great discs. I found some recently. They still kind of half-ass played. Mm-hmm. 
I had to find a CD player to put them in, but you know. <laughs> hey, there's some good, you know, work on your, like, how to f- move the flow of the CD. Rody Josh had his whole DJ collection with him, also his burn. And I had a dream once that I fucking spilled on his case. And he's like, You spilled it on the S's, you fucker. And then when you come to find out, when you look at it, all is like his section of S's was like hot shit, this shit, that yeah. shit, dance shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right. And number two. I I was a good kid, but I did really enjoy drinking alcohol at a young age and sneaking <laughs> it into school. So we used to sneak like Bailey's in our coffee or Yoohoo, which was really tasty, or Color Match Aftershock with Hawaiian Punch. Go figure. Diesel was, a, was, a, was an alcoholic in <laughs> senior year of high school. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then number one, for whatever reason, the Anarchist Cookbook really spoke to us in the senior year of high school. <laughs> We were blowing shit up like crazy. My group of friends, we had friends out in the town of Green, and we would just blow shit up. Make our own napalm, CO2 bombs, black powder, pipe bombs. <laughs> I don't know why. I, like, I just would be careful mentioning that. Some of that might not have a statute of limitations, Diesel. I, very true, but at least I didn't own a trench coat. Oh, <laughs> oh ah, rough. Rough. Well, good top threes, everybody. If you would like to share your top three, hit us up on the social medias. Uh, find them at 3FMPodcast.com. With that, we're going to exit Diesel's movie Triple Stuff, and we're going to enter right in to... Welcome to 3FM's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And as I mentioned in the open, we are going to be reviewing the 1998 Jim Carrey Classic. The Truman Show. And of course, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you understand that uh, during the pandemic, Diesel helped carry the show around by giving us his uh, Diesel Delusion, which we'll jump into later, because I'm going to give you the little special to this uh, uh, review this week. But uh, before we get there, he's also never seen The Truman Show, so we made sure we put it on the docket in June, because it came out in June of 1998, so we wanted to make sure that we got this in here and got it on uh, wax, as they used to say. Now there's no wax. It's just, what do you, what do you call it now? The, it's in the internets. It's on the interwebs. Interwebs. It's somewhere in the cloud. It's in the dabs. <laughs> we're, we're putting it on the cloud. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so that's what we're doing this week. We're doing The Truman Show, and of course, uh, as a reminder to anybody who might, you know, as a reminder to anybody who's been with us for a while and might have forgotten, and of course, if anybody's listening to us for the first time, thank you for giving us a chance. Uh, you know what? We're going to tell you here. Because it's an older movie, 25 years old to be exact, we are not going to split this into the spoiler-free and spoiler section. Yes, in the beginning part, we will be giving you the whole setup. We will be giving you you know, the how what it made, the, 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 the synopsis from Diesel, which is always entertaining as all hell. We'll give you all that jazz, who started it, who made it, all that. And then we will give you a final warning before going in, even though it's not a spoiler, that we're going into the review. And we're going to go right into the review. And this week's review is going to be a little different. Normally, we kind of give you a little rundown of the movie, likes, dislikes, and then we go into the game and then into our scores. We're going to do all of that, but after after the likes and dislikes, we are actually 
going to uh, kind of ask Diesel to compare and contrast the Diesel Delusion and remind all of you what it was that might have forgotten. I, I'm sure if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've never forgotten it. But we're going to ask them to compare and contrast a little bit with The Truman Show. So, because me and Ron kept saying, that, like The Truman Show, when this was all going <laughs> yeah. on. It's like The Truman Show? Like The Truman what Show. Are you, what are you talking about? So we, we kind of want to see how much it was like that. So, without further ado, gentlemen, <laughs> are you ready to talk about The Le, Le Truman Show? Oh, yeah. Let's all go. right. Diesel, I believe. Man, I got a story to tell. This is going to be the shortest review or story, shortest synopsis, synopsis ever. Real life. Period. <laughs> Period. Real life. Period. I like it. I like it a lot. Diesel and his creativeness. It's a lot better than what they're giving us over there at IMDb. Uh, so the Truman Show was released on June 5th of 1998, hence uh, being 25 years old. It's got a runtime of 103 minutes, and it's uh, got a budget of $60 million. Domestically, it made $125.6 million, and uh, worldwide, $264.1 million. So that is pretty impressive. Yep. Made its money back big time. Let's now go, since we know the stats, let's go on who made the movie. Who made this thing? Of course, first up, the director of this film was Peter Weir. Uh, Peter's uh, first film was Count Vim's Last Exercise in 1968. <laughs> Uh, I skipped over a lot of stuff because he did a lot of movies during like the 60s and 70s. But uh, the next one most people would know, Dead Poets Society in 1989. Nice. Love that movie. Fearless in 1993. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World in 2003. And his last movie that he was a director of was The Way Back in 2010. Peter Weir is still with us. Don't worry. He's not the late great. Uh, next up, the screenplay. By the way, the first time in a long time that the screenplay was written by one person. <laughs> Andrew Nichol wrote the screenplay. Uh, by the way, this guy only like wrote 11 films, but listen to this. First film that he wrote, Gattaca in 1997. Oh, okay. Then he did Simone in 20, uh, 2002, or Sim 1, however you want to say yep. it, but it is actually Simone, but it's spelled S1M0NE. Uh, Lord of War in 2005, so there you go. You got your, uh, your uh, Nick Cage little set in there the host in 2013 and his most recent film that he wrote anon in 2018 next up director of photography and this was be peter bazo uh peter his first movie fragment in 1965 of uh, director of photography of course uh, of course other movies that he was the dp on life of brian in 1979 pink floyd's the wall in 1982 nice. mississippi burning in 1988 in the name of the father in 1993 uh, one of my mom's personal favorite movies because it stars Richard Gere, Unfaithful, in 2002. And uh, his most recent film that he was the director of photography for was Derailed in 2005. Uh, so I, I'm assuming he's enjoying retirement. Yeah. Next up, now that we know who made it, is who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? And of course, we already mentioned... The main star of this film, playing Truman Burbank, Jim Carrey. Uh, you know Jim Carrey. I'm, once again, we're going to kind of refrain from giving dates, and I'm going to let you guys add some things in, because I skipped around a little bit. But Jim Carrey's first movie was a movie called Rubber Face back in 1981. Uh, but he really didn't hit his stride until In Living Color. And then after that, he was in the Ace Ventura films, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Man on the Moon, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, most recently The Sonic, The Hedgehog, Flicks, both ones and two. And uh, you guys want to give him a shout-out for anything else, gentlemen? Oh, uh, those were most of the heavy hitters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's other ones in there. Obviously, they're still pretty yeah. big ones. But I, I kind of skipped around and wanted yeah. to not go because yeah. if we'd be here all day, like yeah. Room Twenty Three is yeah. in there, and Liar Liar, Liar Liar's in there. There's a ton of Dumb stuff. Dumber. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, the the sequel. Well, 
not the, the, <laughs> that's not the sequel. Was that the third or fourth movie? Technically, because <laughs> remember there was the one without him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, there was a prequel, and there was like the sequel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to talk about the prequel. The sequel was pretty funny. The prequel, not so much. Uh, next up, playing Kristoff. The legendary, and that's I mean that, Ed Harris. Uh, Of course, I did the same thing. The first movie he ever was in, The Amazing Howard Hughes in 1977. All right. Uh, Field of Dreams, The Abyss, Apollo 13, one of the greatest villain roles of all time, The Rock, Uh, Pollock, Radio, most recently Top Gun, Maverick. Any other shout-outs for Ed Harris, gentlemen? Ed Harris is just a goddamn national treasure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Dude, Ed Harris has been in so many stuff. I do believe it was like 107 credits, so I can't give him a shout-out for everything. But, man, The Rock, one of the greatest villains of all time in that. Next up, uh, as far as the main dives, because these are the three main stars of the movie, I would say Laura Linney, who played uh, Meryl Burbank slash Hannah Gill. Yeah, that's right, two characters, because remember, the whole gimmick is it is a reality <laughs> show. Uh, first movie she was in, Lorenzo's Oil in 1992. Of course, she was the love interest in Dave. She'd come back for Congo, Primal Fear, The Mothman Prophecies, also a Richard Gillard film. Uh, Man of the Year, most recently Ozark. Laura Linney, man, yeah. was like, uh, she was kind of like the 90s, like, serious it, like, girl, if you will. She was in all, like, the drama movies. Yeah. Like, not quite Meryl Streep, as far as, like, classic actress, but... Still fucking awesome, I would have to say. Starred opposite Eric Stoltz in the greatest comedy of all time, <laughs> Mask. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did leave that off because I knew you would bring it up. Uh, I'm gonna uh, full disclosure. I, I wanted you to bring it up. <laughs> uh, next up, let's just give a couple shout-outs to some other people. Noah Emmerich was in the movie, played uh, Marlon, who was the best friend. You remember from Miracle Super 8, yeah. Beautiful Girls, on top of obviously being in The Truman Show. Non-spoiler shout-out. Fucking great in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was he was really good in this movie. Uh, honestly, I wish he would have had, like, like he had a decent career. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I wish he would have had a bigger, bigger career. Uh, next up, Natasha McLone. Uh, she's, she was kind of, like, set up to be, like, a bigger girl. She played Lauren slash Sylvia. She's the love interest of our main character, Truman, who he's willing to give it all from. She was in Ro- Ronin. She was in uh, Big Nothing, Solaris. She's been in some stuff. She was one of those actresses that I'm, I'm not trying to, I thought she was good, but she was one of them that they were trying to set up to be like that next like a you know uh what's the word i'm looking for america's sweetheart yeah. kind of like yeah. your sandra bullocks if you will and yeah sandra bullock just took that role yeah. renee zellweger said fuck you i'm taking it yeah pretty much <laughs> of course uh we would be remiss if we didn't tell you that there is a couple really really fun cameos in this tony todd the candy man himself has a cameo in this as a uh police officer in quotation marks and of course one of the control room directors is the legendary Paul Giamatti. Yeah. And I know Diesel loves him, so Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Paul what, Giamatti is great. What is your favorite Paul Giamatti film? Just throwing it out to you. Oh, I honestly want to say his, his character pig vomit in private parts. Dude, I'm yes. with you. I was going to say, I know a lot of people are going to pick some, because he's been in a ton of great yeah. movies, let's be honest. But I know a lot of people pick other movies, but I thought that that character was hilarious. Yeah. Especially how he plays yeah. it. Especially at the end where they do that final like thing, and he's like, you, he ruined my goddamn life! <laughs> um, I also loved him as like the villain in Shoot Him Up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very uh, different role for him. Uh, I, I, just, I do love Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is great and under... 
underappreciated. <laughs> oh, I definitely think so. I wouldn't call him a character actor. I think he's great. Sorry, so, Ron? Surprised you didn't bring up the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man, your favorite Spider-Man. Uh, well, actually, he, he, you do like Amazing Spider-Man. I do like Amazing Spider-Man, and, you know, I, I did why I, like, set off that nerve after the Craven trailer, Ron. <laughs> I'd rather have that Rhino than what we're going to get. And, of course, uh, I also have to give a shout-out. Harry Shearer was in this movie. It's nice to see him in a live-action film because most of us know him as the voice of Ned Flanders in The Simpsons. Uh, amongst other things that he's done, Harry Shearer also is a fucking talented and hilarious person. But uh, Ned Flanders, man, yep. was in The Truman Show. All right, this is where we normally would give you our recommendation, but we're not going to do that because we're going to dive right into the review. So, if you have not seen 1998's The Truman Show, this is where you stop the podcast and come back after you've seen it. If not, you've been warned. We're jumping right into the review right about now. So, gentlemen... Uh, let's start off. We're not going to do like a run through of this movie. I don't think we need to do it. Like, if you're really going to go through the run through of the movie, I'll tell you this: you have a baby <laughs> that uh, was born into being a television star. So basically, since this was a baby, they have shown his whole life and created this whole dome, which is gigantic, to hold his whole life into. And he's the only one that doesn't know as he grows up that he is the actor in the biggest sitcom on television, and he's just surrounded by actors. And he never gets to leave. He never kind of questions that until finally when he gets older, he remembers this girl that he fell in love with once that they had to get rid of because obviously she was trying to tell him that, hey, this isn't real. And uh, as he went to go to find her because he told her she went to Fiji of all places, (laughs) uh, he's trying to go there. And uh, yeah, that's where the problems start. And he realizes and finds out that, yes, he is just... He's not an actor. He's legit. He's an actual. He thinks all of this world is real, but everybody around him is an actor. Good enough run through? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When a man is stripped of his free will. (laughs) Yeah. A crime. We'll talk about that because I'm sure Diesel's going to bring that up. But of course, Christoph plays God in this world. He's the director and he plays God and Ed Harris. You know what? If you're going to get a God, Ed Harris, Ed Harris or Morgan Freeman? A a non. 100% 100% loving God. He is definitely a flawed God. I was going to say, <laughs> the merciful, benevolent God is definitely Morgan Freeman. Yes. The wrathful Old Testament God, Ed Harris. Yes. <laughs> the, that, that is, that's how I would separate the two gods in our world. Uh, even though Morgan Freeman, I wish he was in this. How would, great would that be if we had the good God, bad God? <laughs> oh, man, we got to make a sequel. You got the... the the primetime God Ed Harris and then the daytime. Because he can't be in the control room all the time. Yeah, exactly. You need, a, you need a first shift director. Although I feel like Paul Giamatti seemed like he was in the room all the time. I don't I don't know. If he, he never left slept. the room. He never slept. <laughs> you know, fucking 30 years or whatever it was, never slept once. Uh, so anyways, we're going to just go right into the likes and then dislikes. And then, of course, we're going to go into the Diesel Delusion comparison. So uh, I'll, I'll kick it off with a like and then I'll just kind of kick it around to you guys and come back. And uh, one of my likes about this film and it's been one of my likes for a long time, is, and I said this to Diesel earlier, this film actually feels like it could have been a real, real-life sitcom. Like, what I mean by that is all the crazy shit that happened in the 1980s and 90s, I am surprised that they didn't really take a child, put them in a bubble, and then have that child grow up to be, like, Truman. Like, it felt like exactly like the product placement. I know you mentioned like Laura Linney. Every time she picks up a household product, she's like, and this and shows it off because it's a commercial and she's doing an ad read. And like, he doesn't understand. Like, the weird part is he doesn't get it, but 
it made sense, yeah. kind of. You know, yeah. like I'm surprised, and I know they did it with that. Uh, what was it, Joe TV or whatever, Average Joe or whatever average, the show average was? Joe. Yeah, average they show. tried to do something like, but he had already lived life. It wasn't yeah. like they took him when he was a child. Like yeah. you can, you know, when things are around you, if you didn't live that life before, in my opinion. But yeah, I always thought that this was kind of like. Man, if they would have made a sitcom, yeah, and I believe that you would have like a Christoph kind of like asshole that's trying to be like, hey, listen, we're making a lot of money off of you. You need to get back in that bubble, bitch. Yeah. Like, like, like very, you know, human rights violations all over the place. I just want to throw that oh, out there. Oh, fuck yeah. And I know Diesel's going to bring that up eventually. <laughs> uh, Diesel, since it was your first time seeing this movie, I want to get uh, some likes from you. Um, I already gave the shout out to Noah Emmerich as Marlin and Ed Harris as Christoph. I think the acting in this from certain characters was really well done. I loved all the product placement, how they did that. Like you mentioned, like during the argument, yeah. she just picks up the cocoa and it's like from the mountain slopes of Nicaragua. And you're just like, and when he finally calls her out to, who are you talking to? <laughs> I enjoyed that. So much fun. And it's a very interesting and close to my heart uh, premise for a film. <laughs> I, I did enjoy the premise. Ron, what's some likes for you for the Truman Show? Well, it's like the fact that you find out the, the, like they had other babies he was just the one that happened to be born first and they, they just grabbed it and went with it like yeah. it's kind of a dark little twist to this comedy like they're like and they never tell you what happened to the other babies no like but but they, <laughs> he was adopted into the corporation that, that's yeah the corporation first. adopted him. Yeah. yeah and so it was like there was, so there was some chick that sold out her baby for whatever reason and she just happened to give birth and like there's there was like I think he said five. Mm-hmm. And he was the first one, and it's just a it's a little dark piece to on this comedy that makes it like go oh shit. I want to jump out to I, I I think one of the more underrated things of this movie is the darkness because yeah. you have that which they never come back to. No, you have the father starts to have the 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 acted the acting father yeah. starts to have you know like like problems like this is wrong yeah what we're doing is wrong so, so they kill him off yeah. and the way they kill him off is actually ingenious they have him drown during a storm so it makes truman scared of the water yeah so that he never wants to go out into the water to try to escape himself yeah. which and, i thought was interesting and make it feel like it's his fault too which is yeah. fucking dirty right once again <laughs> dark yeah like the, 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 the dark things that happen in this movie and like i think that goes under the radar but it does make it feel real yeah. to an extent and then you you feel bad when you know you have somebody like going hey listen i can't be a part of this anymore same thing with the love interest she's like oh i can't be a part of this anymore. yeah well she came in as an extra and was like i can't talk to you and they're like there was this weird connection there where which I, I, is a like and a dislike i like the premise of that but i don't think it was done well because it was like he saw her and then all of a sudden laurel and he just shows up and like throws herself on her it was just was weird how they handled yeah, the, it was like love the high interest. school thing yeah, yeah. And it, you know it's it's also kind of weird how uh, how uh, his best friend Marlin is actually uh, with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always a weird one, a little cuck situation there. <laughs> Anything else uh, for likes, Ron? I, I mean, it is shot beautifully. For I mean, you do feel it shot, and it, you do feel that it's it, it is a closed set, and you, like you get that all feeling, but he has no idea. Yeah. So I mean, it is shot very beautifully. I want to give another shout out before I go to dislikes. I want to give the shout out to the crazy ways that they keep him on the island <laughs> that I think are fucking hysterically ingenious. When he goes to the travel agency and all the pictures of are like of hurricanes and plane crashes and like trying to discourage you, mind you, it's a travel agency allegedly, and they are just discouraging you from trying to take any travel. All uh, the dangers of air travel, yeah. terrorists. And then when he tries to escape in the car, like the, they 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 get all the people with the fucking traffic jam and then the fire and controlling it and yada da da. da. 
and like a ton of things that, that, that they put in the way i just thought it was kind of like ingenious it's really tongue-in-cheek and in you know whatever but it's it's it works yeah adding to that you know, when he gets on the bus and the bus breaks down and then later on the bus driver is also the <laughs> ship captain. He's like, I don't know how to drive this. <laughs> uh, the way that they recycled their extras was great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that, that those were kind of like, I also kind of liked the way that the extras were in the movie. Cause like you get the scenes from them off scene, like they go back behind something and they're like normal people. Yeah. And like, so you get those little candid moments of the extras and even of the stars of the show. Uh, now let's, let's switch gears to dislikes. I know diesel. This was his first time. So, and I know he had some dislikes, so I'm going to start with you again there. What were some of your dislikes of The Truman Show? All right, one is just a technical thing. I kind of wish they had it more obvious, like a different way of showing when we're seeing the viewers of The Truman Show. Because all of a sudden, you're just like cut to people that you don't know, and you're just like, the first few times, you're just like, wait, wait, wait. It took you a second to realize that, all right, now we're outside of The Truman Show and watching the viewers' response to it when you're first getting introduced to the same people that they keep showing. What shout out to the two snuggling grannies. They were awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Going, I will just jump to the end when he finally, you know, gets on the boat, you know, makes his drastic escape and hits the edge of the dome. Kristoff has this beautiful moment with him where he's talking like how this world is like this, this is the same lies out here as it is in here, but in here you're safe. Yeah. And here you're also the focus of this. World. Yeah. It's actually a beautiful monologue. It, it was a great monologue to just have like Truman just walk up the stairs and just like and say his his catchphrase essentially. Yeah. And you're just like, well, if you didn't know you were a TV star, how did you know you have this catchphrase? That was going to be actually, honestly, <laughs> that is going to be was going to be one of my dislikes about this. This dude literally does not know if that he's in this. And has a whole catchphrase. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And it sounds like a sitcom catchphrase. And he says it all the time. But he doesn't know he's in this world. That always threw me off. I'm like, you are a baby. You're the one that's being lied to. They're all actors. But you somehow have a catchphrase that you nail multiple times without being cued to. Just by seeing somebody. Yeah. I I just don't, don't get it. And then once he's making the decision to leave, every all the viewers are cheering and all this stuff like that. And, you know, his love interest, you see her running down the stairs. Is she still in the control room? Yeah, that, well, it you, made no sense. It made no sense where she was. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, she's definitely not in Fiji, so where the fuck did he go? Well, my, my assumption is she was an extra that maybe tried to want to give him information, which is a cool premise. But well, why would she, people? Your bitch ass is getting fired. You're not allowed on set, bitch. So you're not allowed in the control room. Get back to the city. <laughs> I would have... First of all, that was weird that she got in there because you would think that she would be persona non grata, yeah. especially after doing that because they show other... Uh, uh, they have that interview with Kristoff and they show other instances of people trying to tell Truman yeah. that it's not real and like how they got rid of those people and how whatever. And it's always like weird because they talk about getting rid of those people. You're like, are they fucking off in these people? Like, <laughs> obviously not because she's but, the love interest is still there. But, you, you know, you're vetting employees for this huge entertainment show yes you're gonna fire these people so why was she right there and that's the movie i want to see too is like the the people have that conflicted like well i need a job dude this isn't right what we're doing to them they give you glimpses of that with the father and all that but that's that's where i think the movie could have expanded on and made it really great well what's really kind of fucking sad about the whole situation is you have like his best friend marlon and his wife 
And neither one of them seemed to have a fucking problem with lying to him. Yeah. And with Marlon especially, like, how he acts as Marlon and as his best friend into this fucking Oscar-worthy performance, honestly. Because he, you were just like, this is his best friend. Yeah. And then when it comes to find out, you know, he's a plant, he's also, like, kind of, like, there for Kristoff. Like, all right, we got to get, get him when... when when Truman goes missing, he's the fucking he goes, main... vil- he goes villain real quick, yeah. if you will, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's just kind of like shitty that like somebody who's like been there and they've been best friends since they were in elementary school. Yeah. That was the whole gimmick, and like, yeah, here he is, man. He's yeah. fucking just fucking you over, kind of in a way. And your wife also, and she. I mean, when she loses her shit, that monologue is fucking great. Yeah, I will give that credit. Yeah. So, Laurel and he nails that one, but uh. Ron, you got any other uh, dislikes of the Truman Show? Well, it's like the the concept of his wife getting pregnant to be the first conceived baby on on TV, paid like, prostitution baby. Yeah, basically, and it's yeah. like it's like, do you really need to go there? Like, yeah, that's a weird you place know, especially to go. When, you know, when she's married to the other, like, you know, what they sign like bonus if you get pregnant, like. Well, you don't get it. And then the big reveal of like looking through the old photos and seeing she already had a ring on, you're just like. That's kind of a weird detective point to go with, but okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was it was in ways you could say it's ingenious, but in ways you can say it's lazy. Yeah. Like I, I will give them this credit, by the way, for it. They actually went went probably what how I think that that whole scene went down is they went oh shit there's a loophole we need to figure out how to make him detective it what can we do and that was, yeah that was their oh okay so g- giving them credit that they try to take one of the loopholes in the movie out so give right. them to that well you know you have to give them a little bit of credit yeah. but it's still kind of a cheesy way i agree um but mostly i'm gonna do what you guys do i don't understand how he doesn't realize like i understand you grew up in this world but everybody has the same interaction with you every day, in, day out day. Yeah. yeah the same and i understand most of us go through life and we have mundane things yeah. every day things that we do every day right but have you ever had the same people talk to you the same way every day no like have, even if you go to the same coffee shop every day have you had the waiter, waitress or waiter, or waiter or whoever talk to you like the same exact way? No. Literally the same dialogue? Or people trying to avoid you? Because that's the other thing the extras did that I thought was weird. And, you know, it's like, I'm not supposed to talk to you. So they would just scurry away. Like, yeah. like fuck, yeah. man. Like, you're giving yourselves away. Like, yeah. You're not good cast members at Disney is all I'm saying. No. I, I don't know. That was always what, that was what, one of the things that bothered me. Like, why wouldn't you mix it up? Why wouldn't you just tell the people there, like, we're improvising. Yeah. Like improvise. Act like this is real life. Treat this like you were really a barista at a coffee shop. Treat this like you are really a crossing guard. Treat this like you are really somebody picking up trash on the side of the road. Treat this like this like you're not your job. Don't treat it like your job is an actor. Treat it like whatever job you have in this world is the job you actually have. Yeah. That's your acting job. Well, that's probably where they they in theory, that's probably what they started with, but that's where you ran into problems because people had honest interactions with them and this started feeling like, shit, this is wrong. The guy who played his dad, this is fucking wrong. <laughs> Dude, I love what he's giving that. Like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. what they're doing is horrible. Once again, let's be honest. They are definitely <laughs> violating some human rights all yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And especially once he tries to make the escape and Christoph goes full Old Testament is like, Turn up the waves, turn up the wind, capsize that boat. He ain't getting out of Paul here. Paul Giamatti, you're going to kill him. <laughs> well, that's we, fine. We we showed his birth on TV. We'll show his death on TV. <laughs> yeah, you realize that Christoph is a fucking villain. <laughs> yeah. Like, and th- that's another thing about the ending, by the way. That beautiful monologue is after he tries to kill this motherfucker, essentially. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, you're going to end my career and take food out of my mouth because we're the highest rated TV show ever. And people watch this show 24 hours a yeah. day. Yeah. By the way, what creepers are watching him sleep? They're the ones well, that like that Aerosmith song. I'm telling you. Well, they, they, he says it. He goes, the people just leave it, leave it on so they have some, so they can be chilled. Right, and they play it, commercials it, in the yeah. background. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but like once again, like like you have all this, and like dude is giving this beautiful monologue, which would be a beautiful monologue if he meant it. But you can't say the guy fucking means it because yeah. he just tried to kill him, and literally his only interest is that this is his meal ticket. By the way, this dude has spent, you know, Christoph that is has spent, you know, probably minimum of twelve hour days, if not longer, on the set because he's always there. Yeah. Minimum of twelve hour days. He's probably made millions of dollars. Who cares if he leaves? Yeah, yeah. You you made your nut. Now going with the abrupt ending and Truman delivering his catchphrase, when the viewers are all just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Right after they were cheering for him to get out, to the two security guards. Oh, well, let's see what else is on. Yeah, I think they missed a great opportunity to have like it change the channel to like the Barry Show, going back to the other kids. Maybe there's other. Sh- shows going on at the same time great opportunity but i also think that that was probably a statement for the writer oh, yeah. oh. of going basically making something about because if you think about it, the message of this movie really is how disgusting the tv age is yeah. which i think is an interesting thing coming from a hollywood film right you know yeah you know it's kind of like when tropic thunder did it for like uh you know movies because if you think about it, tropic thunder's whole thing is a big fuck you to the movie industry yeah whole thing it's hilarious but it's a fuck you to the movie industry and truman show a lot of ways feels like a fuck you to tv because if you think about it they're just basically like people are mindless drones that will watch anything including including serious human rights infractions (laughs) (laughs) like like there is things like i think like basically i understand they legally adopted him but holding him captive and making him like a star in a world that he doesn't know is a star in a world i think that's got to be against the geneva code somewhere oh yeah yeah without a doubt it's (laughs) <laughs> I think that's a war crime. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. And it's the highest rated show, not just in the United States, in the world, because they make sure that they show us people watching it in Tokyo and then people watching it in London, I do believe, has a little feed in. And there's a couple other places. But like Tokyo, for sure, I remember because people are watching it. Like yeah. the, that final thing, you know, you have the shot of Times Square, people like watching it. People in a bar, then there's people watching on the big screens in Times Square. There's people watching it in the big uh, square in Tokyo. Yeah. And everybody's like, glued to it when it happens and that's when you get all the cheering like hey he's leaving hey but he's never gonna have a normal life because you think about it he gets outside and he's the biggest celebrity in the world yeah, yeah that's the other thing like what's he gonna do like he's got no money yeah like they didn't give him any money for this yeah. once again human rights <laughs> lawsuit he is going to make bank after this lawsuit right but in the meantime <laughs> he's gonna have to live off his love interest who only met him Briefly, but still, she's pining for him, and he's pining for her, and it's literally one interaction. Like, it was he uh, saw her once, and they saw her once again, and they ran off, and then she was taken away because she had an episode. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, my, my point is, my point is like one interaction. Yeah. There's only one interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And then he obsessively buys fashion magazines so he can try to recreate her image. That was kind of creepy. That, that, was, was, that, was, that was horror movie style. That was like just unnecessarily. I saw what they were trying to do, and like he, he was like remembering her, but it was just it was such a weird way to do that. Yeah, yeah. And on, on top of that, it was funny because like when his wife, quote unquote, wife finds it, she gets all like whatever about it. How don't you know it's on TV? Yeah. Like you're just an actress in this world. You have to have access to the B reels. Okay. You have to have access to the actual show. You've never watched it back ever. 
Well, you don't know what kind of actress she is. She might be one of those ones that refuses to watch, you know, because it might affect her performance. I don't know. Her yeah. performance is kind of shit. So, <laughs> therefore, you know, she's she just single handedly does the most work to like convince him that this is all bullshit out of anybody yeah. if you think about it. So, <laughs> eh, I, I would kind of call in the question. All right. So, we went through our likes and dislikes of the movie. And normally, this is where we would go on over and find out and play the game, which don't worry, folks. We are going to play the game. We're going to find out what the internet thought. But. Diesel, real quick in a nutshell, don't you don't have to go into deep detail if you guys want to go back to episodes after the pandemic started, because uh, we didn't miss any weeks for it. After the pandemic started, I don't know if it was like the first episodes of, of like in March or if it didn't take place until April or May, but somewhere in there, and I'll, I'll have to like look it up and maybe get a, get a documentation. Diesel... Because we didn't have much to talk about. You know, news was on the rye. Everything was, you know, the shit. This got postponed. This got canceled. This got <laughs> postponed. Oh, somebody's sick with COVID. <laughs> that was so, the news for a uh, while. Also, that's where we were like, fuck it. We were already doing, like, small movie reviews. That's where we dumped into doing bigger movie reviews because that's something we could always do in older films. So, but Diesel got us this gem uh, and admitted to us something that, you know, what he's very brave of. So, I want you just to do a nutshell. If you got to go back and hear the full saga, go back and hear It's amazing. Diesel, in a nutshell, what is the Diesel delusion? What did you share with me and Ron and the listeners? All right, so there's a couple takes of this, but pretty much I'm not convinced that I'm not in a simulation or in a Truman Show-esque thing. I don't think it's so much Truman Show-ish because I don't have people doing live reads and all that type of stuff. That being said, my version is a little bit more nefarious. See, they imply that like Fiji exists in, in the real Truman Show world. I'm saying they. I believe in Fiji. Fiji is a place that I know of is on the planet Earth. I don't know if I'm actually on the planet Earth. <laughs> My delusion is so much more weird, and it's like, what if this is a social experiment, and like everything that I know about physics, love, everything is just a made-up construct. Well, my answer to that is we've been on some pretty lo- ro- long road trips together, so this is a gigantic fucking dome. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. And if, if, if not, I love it. If one time Diesel told us, and this was off air, we were at a movie. He looks at me and Ronnie goes, I just want to let you guys know if this is a simulation, I hope you guys win whatever uh, there is in that world because you guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> and we're just like, thanks, man. But unfortunately, we're not rich actors somewhere. This is, this is real life. There also is a sub-delusion where I'm not convinced I'm not retarded. <laughs> Whoa. And everybody just treats me like I'm a normal person and I just don't realize that I'm retarded. Well, well, I, 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 was, I was late on it, but uh, we do have to play the, the diesel warning. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. If you're easily triggered, this is probably not the podcast for you. Uh, diesel, diesel, drop that hard R. I'm uh, just saying, I don't know, like, if, Everyone's just being super nice to me because, like, I'm a downy or something. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're not making it any better, man. <laughs> well, I can't be faulted for that. I might be downy. <laughs> I'm, I am I'm leaving all of this in, by the way, because that's, that's just how uh, freedom of speech works, I guess. <laughs> With that being said, though, uh, now I got to ask you, how does your delusions compare to The Truman Show? Because throughout this whole thing, me and Ron would continually say, like, The Truman Show. Yeah. Like, The Truman Show. And you'd go, never seen The Truman Show. Huh. And we'd just be like, oh, well, it's like The Truman Show. You should see the Truman Show. And you're just like, oh, okay. So now that I've finally seen the Truman Show, the logistics needed, again, again, knowing my the constructs of my reality, I don't think it would be cost-effective to have curbside cameras, button cameras, and all that. Now, I am not convinced that I'm not in a simulation, and most of the people I interact with are just NPCs. 
But I also go into the delusion of where it's like it's a small world and I see people at the same places that I have nothing to do deal right. with. But like every time I got into Royal Indian, I've seen the same other people sitting there. Not the workers, just another white uh, group of four, and it's the same ones over there every time. And that's a, too much to be a coincidence for me. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm diving in a second, but I, I just want to throw this one out there. Simulation, we could all be in a simulation. That is a theory, this is mm-hmm. a simulation theory. By the way, famously, Elon Musk believes that this is a simulation. Yeah. Uh, so there's people who believe this, and it's fine. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm granted I'm I'm not smart enough to understand. I mean, I understand how simulation theory works. Basically, it's saying that eventually a civilization will get to a higher enough high enough intellect that what they'll do is they'll just create a different civilization that consciousness lives in. So then they create consciousness and in in what we are, and we're just living a simulation. And when we die. Technically, we just get our consciousness just gets loaded into another character, and yeah. we move on in life. But there's usually no NPCs in that world. It's usually everybody's just everybody is a unique person that just lives in a simulation. Yeah, it, mine's more of like a personalized matrix. I'm saying. So basically, you're cocky, conceited, and arrogant, and you believe yes. everything rotates around you. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I know. We said this before. This is not anything. If you go back, you son of a bitch. Anyways, uh, so is there any specific things that you saw in the Truman Show where you're like, man, that that really hit close to home? Ah, uh, no, because again, like. Th- I know the because there was an actual medical term that was based off of this movie where people actually do believe this, and apparently I'm one of the ones inflicted with it. But I don't think tr- the Truman Show did a good enough job. Like this one seemed a little too hokey for me. Well, it was a comedy. Well, <laughs> well was it though? Well, yeah, it was meant to be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, a com- comedy comedy dra- uh, a dramedy. It's a drama comedy. But yes, um, it has was- a happy ending. Diesel. Does it? Yeah, he gets out. Happy ending. And you we just don't know that's a happy ending. But you just, you just pointed out that he's going to sue the shit out of them and make millions and millions know, of dollars. We don't know, because we don't know if law is a construct outside of that world. Well, obviously, human <laughs> rights don't matter in that world, so he might be right, but still, I'm just throwing it out there. I just think he got stuck in the closet and couldn't get back out when he died in there. Possibly. Yeah, because we don't know where that door goes yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. Dude, how great would it be is like, you know what they should have done? They should have shot a bonus for he just walks out the door and it's just like a like a hundred foot drop. <laughs> That's it. He just dies. That would be dark. Yes. So we don't know. We don't know. He might have died. Maybe that was the case. But yeah, it, it, a lot of good ideas in there, but it's not my delusion. <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'm just checking it out. I just wanted to know if uh, there's similarities at the end of the day. It wasn't quite it, but me and Ron definitely saw some similarities in what you described. <laughs> yes. Because basically, when you're describing actors being around you, you know, it's Truman Show. So, now that we've gotten that stuff out of the way, it is now time, before we give our scores for The Truman Show, to find out what the internet thinks of The Truman Show is. And you know what? There's only one way we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. It's time to play the game, and of course, Ron is your defending champion. He's almost on a Roman Reigns-type run. Diesel has to put a stop to that. Here's how we play the game. The game is played like Price is Right rules. That means close to the number without going over gets the point three points to win the game for the week. Of course, we're going to be giving out scores, and uh, that's how we do it, because we're going to go to places like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Google users, and so many more. On top of all of that... If it comes down to the tiebreaker question, that question can be worth two points sometimes because we don't do ties, and it also can is also closest to the number because we don't do ties. Gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Yeah. Diesel, you uh, get to go first because you're in that familiar challenger's position. Okay, so we're going to start with IMDb. Out of 10, using points, what did they give The Truman Show? 6.3. Ronald. Oh, that's a good guess. That's a really good guess. <laughs> Shit. Higher or lower is basically uh, where you're at. 
six point five. I'll give you the six point four. All right. All right. So six point five, six point yeah. three, and Ron gets the point. It was eight point two out of ten. Oh wow. Next up, Ron, Metacritic. Remember, critics only. Out of 100%, what did they give The Truman Show? I'm going for right on the money here. 73. Diesel, higher or lower? 74. Ooh, Diesel's trying to block, and <laughs> Diesel gets the point 90%. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> this movie is love, folks. Oh, the more preachy, the better. Diesel, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score. Out of 100%, what did they give The Truman Show? 87. Ooh, that's a high number, Ron. What are you going with? One. Ooh, one dollar, Bob. <laughs> and Diesel gets the point 95% on Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Diesel, this is going to be the for the win for you. Ron, this is for the block. And, Ron, you do get to go first. Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give The Truman Show? 87. Diesel. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> We're flipping rolls, and Ron gets the block. It was 89% out of 100. By the way, rare time that the critic score is actually higher than yeah. the fan score. Well, that brings us to the closest two. It's tied. It's down to the wire. <laughs> Google users. Diesel, unfortunately, you are the challenger, so you go first. Out of 100%, what did they give the Truman Show? 90%. 90%. Ron, Ooh. are you higher or lower? Oh, I'm going 91 all right, so if it's anything above a, a 91 and higher, Ron wins and retains. If it is anything 90 or be below, lower. Diesel wins. It can't be lower. And dethrones the champion. And ladies and gentlemen, I know I've done enough uh, on the edge of your seat. These guys are waiting for it. No matter what this gets played, your winner and new champion, Diesel, right 90% yeah. dead on. God damn it, this is just supporting the goddamn delusion. <laughs> Fuck you. Why do I get it back on the Truman Show? You know what it was? We should have, you know, we, we definitely didn't do this, Rob, but we should have set it up where you purposely lost and, like, maybe gave him a clean sweep. We should have done that because it would have been better. They're like, oh, shucks, how did I lose? Oh, fuck balls. I, I wish I would have thought about that before, Ron. Yeah, Unfortunately, we did not think about it before, but fair and square, Diesel finally breaks the streak. Hopefully, he can start a streak of his own. He will. With that being said, now that we found out what the score is from all over the internet, it is finally time for us to give our scores for The Truman Show. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, we are going to first give the nerd score, followed by my critic score, and the nerd score is on the nerd scale, and the nerd scale is uh, simple. First of all, it is a recommendation score, so it is uh, based off of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score, which means that even if the movie is critically not good, if it's super entertaining, it can boost the score on the nerd scale, and vice versa. So it's kind of like, what do we recommend to you guys? And there's a whole way of doing it. It's five parts, and it's five solid parts. We don't even have in-betweens. First level is a one, and that's just no. That means the movie is terrible, you should never watch it. A two is, you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good, so you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average to good movies. They're movies that uh, if you see them, it's not a waste of your time to watch. Uh, it's fine to get it in there. However, you're not going to add to your collection. You're not going to go out and see a special edition of it. Uh, you're not going to pay money for it. You, you know, if you, But if you catch it on, you won't regret seeing it. Probably never watch it again even. 
A four is just take my money. These are for movies that uh, self-explanatory. You would pay money for. We would buy it on Blu-ray. We'd go to see it in the theater. If there's a special edition put out, you might go to see it in the theater or buy another uh, steel uh, box set or whatever. Uh, this is something you're probably going to watch. They're the very good to great films. Check them out. And last but certainly not least is the Rarefied Air, which is Certified Nerd. Those movies are legendary. They're movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and so many others that obviously you're just going to keep watching them. They're classics, and you, I don't think that needs an explanation. So with that, we're going to start with Ron. Ron, what is your nerd score for The Truman Show, and why? I'm going with a four. You're going to go with a four? Show me the money! It is a solid movie all around, but there's just enough little ants that just take it away from me that we discussed. I, I understand that you guys are probably both going to be fives. I know, but like the first time I saw this, like I, I didn't really get it when I first saw it when it first came out. Not gonna lie, but so and then I, then I it was later, you know, watched it again. I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand, but that was like the jump in reality shows too. It's like okay, I get it. Um, it, it is a solid movie. It is definitely something you need to see, especially if you're a Jim Carrey fan. If you haven't seen it, it you know it has the two good monologues, like you said, the ending one and the one with the, his wife, quote unquote, actress. You know, giving that like they are solid and they hit the points, but it's, there's enough subpar acting that it's just like, eh. and I get gotcha. I, I get what they're trying to do because they're trying to be like, oh, these are extras that can't act; they're just there, and that that's why I think that's it's like they're giving that. it the real feel yeah. of you in quotations. Yeah. But it's just like, eh. but I mean, it is something to watch. I got you, Diesel. This was your first time ever seeing it, so this can go one of two ways. It can go that you either loved it or it can go the way that I uh, viewed Hot Tub Time Machine because I never saw it before, and then watching it, I had no nostalgia for it, and you know, it, it didn't go as well. So. With that being said, what is your nerd score and why? We're at a two. Oh, I've been warned. I don't regret seeing this movie, um, but I do enjoy the premise. I just think that they could have done a better job. With the exception of a couple acting scenes, I thought the acting in this movie was not the greatest. And I do think it's really dated and really preachy. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, it's fair. It looks no, good. I, Everybody's opinion is their opinion. No, no, I, I, you just I understand. Ryan. I, just, I really just thought it, I thought it was Ron enough. Ron might fall push, out of his like, seat. <laughs> you know, when I, you just I, said a four, I was like, whoa, that's pretty high. I, I like, but like, I liked it, like rewatching it. I mean, it could have been like something different when I, you know, like I so said, when I first watched it, I didn't really quite get it. Yeah, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. And I, I actually, I honestly understand Diesel. And, of course, part of this, once again, you have to remember things do go on in the nostalgia field. Because I remember seeing this movie in 1998. I remember loving this movie in 1998. Because, once again, I, I think my cinephileness, if you met me around the, you know, in 98, I was still, you know, I was 15. I hadn't met George yet. Uh, what me and George really bonded over, my buddy George, she's probably listening to so, hey, what's up, George, uh, is the fact that we were kind of not quite film school snobs about film but we were kind of like more like i can't believe you didn't understand that so like any any film where you could be like oh i understood it and you didn't was kind of almost like uh almost like the hipster thing to do yeah. of course as i've gotten older i don't give a shit about any of that and it's kind of different and it's same with him but it was kind of funny i mean we were the ones that uh he almost tried to get us in trouble in the line as uh, we were going to see episode one and he yells out the window star star trek sucks <laughs> and of course the nerds really got mad at us so i'm like you know we have to wait in that line right george but anyways that's another story for another day. Um, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go right to my score. And uh, Ron, you were wrong. I wasn't going to give it a five. I'm with you. I'm giving it a four. Show me the money! 
It's a just take my money film. I it falls short for me for being a classic. Now, mind you, giving this, I think this is a really good film. Uh, when you get to my critic score in a minute, you'll see that I do think it's a really good film. I think it's a really good film. I love the rewatch of this film. It took me back to the feels. I think that I did like the messaging in the movie about fucking uh, consumerism and TV and stuff. I kind of, you know, I get that and I kind of dig that sometimes. And they kind of found, to me, they found a nice, yes, it kind of was preachy at times, so I can see where you're coming yeah. from, Diesel. However, they did it in a fucking fun, cheesy-ass way that for some reason that just makes me chuckle. Because, like, if you think about it, the fact that people were reading ad reads to him... And he's got to sit there and, like, he finally questions it. But how many years have everybody been reading ad reads around him? And he never questions it until that moment. Yeah. And so, like, there's there's certain things that keep it from that because, like, the, it falls apart pretty easily if you really think about it. But at the same time, I find it entertaining. I thought I think that, like, Jim Carrey plays crazy better than anybody, especially comedic crazy. And in this movie, like, he plays crazy crazy better than anybody, let's be honest. But he, uh, in this one, comedic crazy, really good. And as you go through the show, you know, like I said, it, there's some points off. I with Ron, I don't take too much for the acting because I think it was on purpose. I think, or at least that's what the excuse could be for, for my view is that oh, these people are just like paid, like they're not star actors. Because yeah. think about it, no real world star is going to volunteer to be have to give up their entire life pretty much to be yeah. on a show. Marlon did. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it says all you need to know about him. You know, kind of. You know, if, if if it was Talladega Nights, he's definitely. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, with that being said, I I, I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. I just don't think it gets into the five zone. I can't certify it nerd. I don't even think I, I certified it nerd back in '98. I still thought it was a, just a good concept. I still think it, and it was a fun watch. And at an hour forty-seven, I missed the days where where movies were right around there, where every movie didn't have to peak two hours for some reason. Yeah, true. Uh, with that being said, uh, my critic score of this is it's going to be a rare seven point seven five out of uh, ten. Usually I don't go with a quarter scale, but I can't give this an eight based on the fact that there's things that I just don't like in the movie. Like and, and like I said, some of the didacticness I'm with Diesel on. There is a part of it where it's no longer cheesy, like when you overdo something. However, you know, also like the. Kristoff character is weird to me because he should be the villain, but then they try to reel him in at times because, like, during that one interview, he's cold as shit. Yeah. But then during another interview, he's, like, you know, proud father, if yeah. you will. And then at that end monologue, after trying to kill Truman, pretty much, he's, you know, this loving, compassionate god, if you will. And it's just like... I, I don't understand how you flippity flop. Either make them the villain or don't. Yeah. Like I, I don't think the layers helped at all. And I'm with you. Like they, I wish they didn't leave it as the you know abrupt like he just exits you know yeah. stage door left. left. You know <laughs> I get it. It's a show that's kind of tongue in cheek. Probably why they did it. But come on, give us at least him. Like that girl was making her way to the bubble. Give us like him and his yeah. love interest. Giving a, like give us the real happy ending. Because if not, like you're leaving it up to me. And my mind instantly went. He went out that door, and yeah. it was a service door that just fell like 300 feet to his death because that dome was gigantic. Yeah. Or he he spent his entire life being in the public's eye, and now paparazzi are gonna follow follow. He's gonna fucking off himself. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's fucking like, like yeah, yeah. not mentally prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. like, There's no play. money. Nobody's gonna you know like what's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I I just think that there's a lot to that, and I I don't know. So there, that's why I couldn't give it a higher grade. But seven point seven five is still a strong, strong score. Four a, a four on the nerd scale, strong. So two of us are at a four. Diesel is at a two. Although it was funny because I said I don't regret watching this film. I'm like, doesn't that make it a three automatically? But you know, <laughs> hey, your scoring, your choices. 
That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is in the real world, I'd be the guy who sees Truman just being going like this. I've seen it. <laughs> Doing yeah. the jerk-off motion. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, in the, in the real world, you are Truman, so everybody else just watches you jerk oh, off. That, that's primetime TV right there. <laughs> and think, every, you just you thought that it was funny when Louis C.K. got caught. You're, you're being watched at a much grander scale, sir. That's our coming out party, because me and Rod are quitting this job. <laughs> We're going to Fiji. Yes. <laughs> Fiji, here we come. Anyways, with that, if you would like to give us your, your score for The Truman Show or tell us what you thought of The Truman Show, hit us up on those social medias or contact us through the email. The easiest way to find all of those links and all the other links, including T Public, Patreon, friends of the show like the ODPH 607TWS, and the sponsors and more, just the one-stop shop, 3FNPodcast.com. Ron, I believe you have some business to take care of. So... This is the review that I said last week that he's complaining about. Ooh, we waited a full week for this one. All right, let's do this. I find this hilarious that he reviews the movie one out of five stars because of this. I am so upset. I booked a tour for my family way back in March to visit Harry Potter tour on November 18th. It was the Christmas present to my son, his wife, and my two grandchildren. Train tickets have been paid. Hotels have been paid. Restaurant bookings have been made and i've just gotten notification that our tickets are canceled so thanks for nothing i now lost over a thousand euros and can't get a refund to said trains and hotels i'm not rich and i've saved so hard for this i'm absolutely heartbroken one out of the five stars harry potter just sucks people the yelp review for the situation has nothing to do with the merits of a movie I'm assuming you should take your problems up with Universal Studios because yeah. that's the only place that has a Harry Potter world that, that, that I know of. Yeah, but it says Euros, too. That's the funny part. Well, he's from Europe, so yeah. I don't know if he was coming to the States for it or if the Universal, because there is a European Universal. I don't know if they have that or yeah. not. But if he was coming to the States and stuff for it, I don't understand what that has to do with the movie. I love getting my movie reviews from TripAdvisor.com. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny that he's raining. You know what it was? I'll tell you what. It, I, I, all right, I can, I can sympathize with this guy. He is fucking heated. Like he's him and his family. They're all mega fans of Harry Potter. I guarantee it. He is fucking so mad. They were getting ready to go to Diagon Alley. They were getting ready to you know get to some butter beer. They were getting ready to you know get their little magic wand on. They were going to spend all the money, all the you know all the whistles, bells and whistles were going to be paid. They were ready to go. And they cancel it. So now he just wants to see the world burn. So he probably complained to TripRevisor. He probably complained to Yelp. He probably complained to Universal Studios. He probably complained to anybody on the street that would fucking... Not even willing to hear him. He's just probably yelling at people at this point. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go on Amazon or Google or whatever. And I'm going to fucking ratings bomb the movie. And it's not going to be anything about the movie. Fuck this movie. Fuck Harry Potter. Fuck all the Harry Potter fans. That's what he basically did. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see the world burn. Sometimes you just want to see the world burn. Yeah, but it's just so fucking <laughs> just funny. It was funny. That man's name was Truman Burbank, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you gotta remember when life was about me. It's about me. Look at me. That's what that was. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the 3FN Podcast. Next week, we will be back where we were, are going to be reviewing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny for the 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. God damn it. I'm really convinced now. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people.